welcome back to the FKT podcast brought to you by Merrill Test Lab. I'm your host, Heather Anderson. Today, we're chatting with Nick Bowler, who recently set a new self-supported southbound FKT on the Pacific Crest Trail in a stunning 52 days. Join us to hear about hiding out from a hurricane, staying motivated when the going gets very, very tough, and the food and sleep strategies he utilized. Thank you, Merrill, for supporting not only this podcast, the fastestknowntime.com website, and the FKT community. Merrill invites you to put yourself and their new Skyfire 2 shoe, their newest, lightest, and fastest trail running shoe, to the test on your next adventure. It's available over at Merrill.com. So thank you, Nick, so much for taking time between naps and feeding to come on the show and chat with me about your recent PCT FKT. I'm super stoked to talk to you today. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So you obviously just said this incredible FKT, but I would love for you to tell our audience a little bit about your background with FKTs, long distance hiking, and the PCT in general. So I'm fairly new to hiking, big picture. In 2019, my wife and I went on a road trip to see every national park. And at the beginning of that, like a two mile hike would kick my butt. (laughs) Um, But then after a year, I was, you know, I kind of fell in love with outside, fell in love with hiking. You know, after a year of touring national parks, I was up to like 10 to 15 mile day hikes, which I thought was a lot at the time. Mm -hmm. And then I tricked myself into uh, an accidental 32 mile day hike. Okay, how do you trick yourself into an accidental 32? So we were in Glacier National Park, and I wanted to touch a glacier. I didn't want to just see one. I wanted to touch one with my bare hands. Okay. And at the time, I didn't didn't know how to read maps. I didn't didn't even know what a water filter was. Um, Like, I had been carrying all my water with me from, like, car to car. (laughs) Um, But I wanted to go touch the Jackson Glacier and the Sperry Glaciers. And so I'm looking at a map and I'm like, oh, that's probably like 20 miles. You know, that's way more miles than I've ever hiked before in my life. But I'm going to, you know, I'm going to touch a couple glaciers. This will be fun. Um, Turns out it was 32 miles. (laughs) And um, (laughs) yeah, so the next day I couldn't walk. Um, I was so sore. But then the day after that, I was like, that was awesome. (laughs) And I was hooked. So after that point, like if it wasn't more than 30 miles in a day, I wasn't really interested. And Fast forward to the next year, um, you know, just for, I, I was just curious, you know, Hey, how far can I hike in a day? And so I was like, I'm just going to hike into Buckskin Gulch and the Pryor river and see how far I can go. And once I get tired, I'll turn around and come back. And I did 73 miles that day and wow. which was all, I mean, it was all fairly flat, you know, terrain, fairly easy, beautiful terrain. But then after that, I was like, I wonder how fast anyone's ever hiked the Pacific Crest Trail before. And I look it up, and then I find out about this girl named Heather Anderson. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, um, those are some major, major miles. But that's, you know, that's not too far off from what I'm doing right now just for fun. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing it on a daily basis back to back. But maybe if I actually train for this, maybe I could actually pull it off. Um, so I found out about FKTs in January 21. And that's when I decided, okay, well, I need to start running (laughs) if I'm going to be able to pull this (laughs) off. Um, So I started running in January 21. And I actually read this article by Carl Saba. I'm not even sure if I'm saying his last name right or not. But in the article, because he was the one that held the supported record on the PCT at the time. 
and and uh mm-hmm. the article said that he for training he would do strength training two days a week and then he would run a marathon before work monday through friday and then run 26 to 40 miles a day on saturdays and sundays so i'm like all right well if that's what carl did i need to be able to do more than that <laughs> so <laughs> um i you know i went off on this journey um started running a half marathon a day in january bumped it up to a marathon a day in february and then in march uh i started running 50 miles at a time and i broke my foot <laughs> um oh, no. just a stress fracture um just and then yeah <laughs> and then uh you know after that healed i actually reached out to joe mcconaughey and i was like hey um i don't know what i'm doing uh, i need some help i need some coaching help and so he actually uh started coaching me and the original plan was to go after the pct in 21 but like right before i started um the dixie fire happened and like the whole trail was on fire so i made a mm-hmm. last minute decision to go after the pnt the Pacific Northwest Trail instead. So PNT was my first through hike. Uh, it was okay. my first FKT. And then fast forward to the next year, 2022. And can you tell our audience uh, how long the Pacific Northwest Trail is? It's 1,248 miles long. So your um, first FKT averaged, was twelve over 1,200 miles long. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I averaged about 45 miles a day on it. Wow. And that is not an easy um, trail. It's the funnest thing I've ever done in my life. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a wild adventure. Um, I was I was hurting pretty bad afterwards, but I was hooked. I mean, I was like, this is what I want to do. So then, the next year, um, just as part of my training regimen, like I would like you know this this wasn't my main goal for 2022, but um, I went after the Ozark Trail, uh, which is in Missouri. It's 230 miles long. And again, that wasn't my main goal for the year, but I was like, okay, if if I'm going to go after the PCT, I need to be able to, you know, break an FKT on this 230 mile trail. So I did, I broke that record broke the self-supported record by two days. And I broke the supported record via self-supported by an hour. And I jacked up my ankle really bad, uh, real Mm. bad. And I was really stubborn and in denial. I should not have, but I went ahead and I actually attempted the pct last year with my jacked up ankle mm. um and i only made it i think i made it to steven's pass in three and a half days and then my ankle was not a cankle it was a thankle it was the size of my thigh <laughs> oh um, god yeah so i reluctantly pulled off trail because i mean i couldn't do anything it was bad and then I was I was on crutches up until December um, wow. this past year from that. And then here's 2023 and, and here's where we're at. Wow. That's um, impressive and also like one of the most injury riddled <laughs> lead ups to an FKT I've heard of. <laughs> um, yeah. So obviously you've wanted to do the PCT for a while, um, do this FKT and you know, I mean, I think obviously you've probably heard this from like through hiking in general, but what was your why? Like, what was it that kept you going out there when you were injured or, you know, things were really bad? Like, what was your deep like reason for attempting this PCT FKT? Uh, so I, I kind of had five um, that I kind of repeated okay. in my head. 
you know, one was, was kids. We don't have kids yet, um, but we do want kids. And so one of them was kids um, for two reasons. Uh, one is when we do have kids, I want to be there for them. I don't want to be off on a two month adventure away from them. I want to be able to actually be there. And then two, I want our kids to know that you can do hard things. You know, I don't, I don't know how else to explain it other than that. But so that was a big one. Uh, the second one, uh, second reason was, was for Hannah, my wife. She's been so supportive and in these adventures. And, and honestly, I feel like she deserves this more than I do. Um, just because of how much she stuck with me and supported me and, you know, she's made sacrifices and yeah, I mean, it's what, it would be one thing for me to quit, but it's, it's a whole other thing for me to quit on her because she never gave up on me. So, uh, that was the second reason. Um, the third why was, um, I wrote a book about the PNT, mm-hmm. um, about the Pacific Northwest trail, my, my FKT on that which I'm about to release. And, you know, and this is just kind of a, a selfish plug, I guess, guess I should say is, you know, the publicity from getting a PCT FKT would probably help with selling the PNT book. Um, so that was the third reason. Um, fourth reason was for fun. I just knew this had to be for fun. I absolutely enjoy it. I don't know why, especially for how painful it can be sometimes. Right. Um, but that was the fourth reason. And then the fifth reason was Yahweh. So, um, those are, those are my whys. Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you don't have a deep appreciation for type two fun, you will never be successful at FKTs. <laughs> you have to really be able to find the joy in it, even when it's painful and hard. So you went Southbound and I was reading through you and your recap, you know, of, of your hike and almost right away on day five, you lose your food bag. And then two days later, you lose your headlamp. Um, <laughs> could you tell us like, number one, how you keep losing important items <laughs> out of your pack <laughs> and also like how you coped with that? Because if I'm reading right, you then didn't get your headlamp back for like 1500 miles. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was awful. Um, and I feel like such a rookie and so embarrassed that I lost my food bag. <laughs> That's a really big and mistake. And also how you didn't <laughs> notice. <laughs> like... uh, God. I, I noticed at 7 a.m. I reached back okay. for my food bag. I'm like, oh, where's my food? <laughs> right. And all I had was like 600 calories on me to make it 44 more miles to Snoqualmie. Um, oh my God. So I have a superpower. Um, and my superpower is losing things, um, whether that's on the trail or at home. Uh, it, it's, okay. it's amazing how I can lose anything. Um, I just never expected it to be my food. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. So at this point, my mind was still really strong. So, I, you know, it was anytime I lost something, I'm like, hey, this is just part of the game. Like, all right, like, what's next? How do we solve this problem? Not, you know, and okay. I'm like, you know, and what's funny is like right before, like about a month before the PNT, I'd started studying up like what was really edible on the PN, on the PCT. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, all right, game on. Let's find some edible food as we're walking. Like, all right, there's some fireweed. I can eat that. You're like, oh, there's some huckleberries. Oh, someone was eating some cheeses and they dropped them. So I've got a little cheese it trail that I can feed off of. <laughs> um, 
you know, and then uh, when I lost the headlamp, you know, immediately I'm just like, oh, crap. <laughs> right. um, so like I'm, I'm like messaging my wife on the inReach um, since I don't have cell service right there. I'm like, hey, like overnight, my backup headlamps to cascade locks like right now, like I don't care how much it costs, just overnight them. I, I, I have to have a headlamp. Um, and again, like at this point, it was, it was, it was almost exciting to me to overcome these challenges. Uh, like I just kept thinking, oh, this is just part of the game. And then I get to ha- cascade locks before the mail gets there. Oh no. So yeah. So no headlamp. Um, <laughs> um, and then, so then at that point I'm like, okay, well, Hannah's, you know, send one to Syed Valley. I'm like, there'll be plenty of time to get a headlamp to Syed Valley. Well, it turns out I get to Syed Valley two hours before my headlamp gets there. Oh, no. And so I'm like, all right. Well, I mean, I don't know it's going to arrive in two hours. I just know it's not there. Right. And I'm like, well, I can't wait. Yeah. I got to keep going. And then my wife messages mm-hmm. me. And she's like, hey, the headlamp arrived two hours after you left. <laughs> so at that point, you know, I'm like, okay, well, my next resupply is Bernie Falls. Let's not risk it. Just Just send the headlamp to... Donner Ski Ranch. That way there's plenty of time for it to get there. But yeah, so finally I got a headlamp once I got to the Sierra. <laughs> wow. Um, um, those were not the only you... things I lost. I lost a lot of other things. Oh, so what else did you lose? I'm curious now. <laughs> um, it's the, the next important thing that I lost. So I, I broke one of my trekking poles um, in a creek crossing in the Sierra. But I was like, hey, I still have one trekking pole. That's okay. Um, but then somewhere between Walker Pass and Bird Spring Pass, I lost my other trekking pole. I don't know how I lost it. It just was gone. It <laughs> vanished. Um, the item that's usually in so, your hand and then it was gone. <laughs> right. Well, I at that point, I yeah. had it attached to my backpack. Okay. Um, Because there's like a flat section and, and I, it was starting to get really rocky and dark and I was going downhill. I'm like, okay, so I'm going to reach for my trekking pole and I'm like, crap, where the hell is my trekking pole? Um, and I'm like, ah, you know what? We're in the desert. There's only like 600 more miles to go. It's okay. Which honestly, in some ways might not have been that bad of a deal. Cause I'm like, Hey, I'm in the desert, you know? And, And plus, you know, I pitched my tarp with my trekking poles. But I'm mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm in the desert. The chances of it raining again, pretty much none. But it did rain again. Um, <laughs> of course it did. Yeah, in uh, Mission Creek, mm-hmm. uh, the Mission Creek area on the way down San Gorgonio, which mm-hmm. that Mission Creek was a disaster from the hurricane. Like the whole thing was wiped out. I've never seen the worst trail conditions I've ever seen in my life. Like you would be walking right. on the trail and then the trail just vanishes along with like 30 feet of earth. Like mm. it's all like there's a 30 foot cliff straight down and you have to navigate down that cliff and then climb back up the cliff on the other side and then repeat that like 30 more times mm. throughout the entire all of Mission Creek. And then it started raining on me in Mission Creek. And then this white this white out fog came in. I've never experienced a white out fog at the same time of a heavy rain. Right. But I got both of those in Mission Creek. And I finally uh, got to a certain point 
where the trail was washed out and like there was a cliff and I couldn't see where to go. Right. Um, so I finally, I just gave up that day and was like, I have to sleep here and wait till I can see where I'm going. Yeah. But I had no way to pitch my tarp right. in the rain. So I just slept in the rain, soaking <laughs> wet all night long. Oh um, my. Yeah. Just, just hoping it wouldn't get too cold. Right. And then, but luckily that was only like, I think like four or five days till the end. And I never took the time to dry out my quilt. So my quilt was wet the entire rest of the trip. Emission Creek has been on and off a mess for a long time, ever since they had a big fire back there, but not quite at that level. Like, <laughs> so I'll be curious to see what they end up uh, doing with that. That just, I doubt they'll get it fixed anytime soon. Well, I just remember when I was going through it, I'm like, this is going to take years to fix. Like, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they just reroute the trail. Like, just say F it. Like, we're done with that. Let's go elsewhere. We're going to go somewhere else now. Yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So you mentioned hur the hurricane. Um, you know, not something that you typically expect to encounter when hiking the PCT. Um, but lucky you, you were right there in the Sierra when Hurricane Hillary hit. Uh, can you tell us about that experience and, and the fallout over the next few days, obviously, aside from Mission Creek um, being incredibly damaged? Right before, right as I'm entering the Sierra, I get a message from my wife saying, hey, there's a tropical storm. You might get some rain in the next few days. I'm like, ah, it's 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 raining on me every day in the Sierra so far. Big whoop, you know. Um, and then I keep passing people and they're like, hey, did you hear about the storm coming? And I'm like, yeah, you know, they're like, what are you going to do? I'm like, there's nothing you can do. Just walk through it. <laughs> and then I could run into some rangers and they're like, do you hear about the storm coming? Um, and I'm like, yeah. And they're like, well, it's a hurricane. And I'm like, okay. Um, and then I keep going, I keep going. Eventually I get to a trail junction between Mirror Pass and Mather Pass. And there's a ranger posted up there telling all the hikers to get off trail. Uh, she's like, it's, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's a category four hurricane. Now they've named it. You have to get off trail. Um, it's going to be dangerous. Like you're going to, you know, people are going to get hypothermia. Creeks aren't going to be passable. There's going to be rockfall. You have to get off trail. And, and I was a little bit embarrassed at, at, at my actions at this point. Cause I'm exhausted. I'm depleted. And I'm like, I can't get off trail. And I just started crying. I'm like, I'm not getting off trail. I have to keep going. And she's like, no, you can't. If you're already this depleted, you're going to get hypothermia. You're going to end up pressing the SOS button on your inReach, and they're not even going to be able to come get you because of the hurricane conditions. And I'm like, well, I'm not stopping. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. So I keep going. And, you know, as, as I'm going up Mather Pass, you know, I start to, you know, the, the, the wind is starting to pick up. The rain is starting to pick up. And all I have is a $1 emergency poncho mm -hmm. um, and a 4.7 ounce tarp. And that's when it starts to hit me. Oh, okay. This might be a really bad storm. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I'm just like thinking, I'm like, okay, like even if I pitch my tarp, like is my tarp even going to be able to withstand a hurricane? Mm. Um, you know, I don't have a bathtub floor. All I have is a bivy. And I'm just like, I'm just, I'm going to get wet. Like, so I, I'm just like, praying like god give me something i don't know what i'm praying for but i'm praying for something <laughs> mm -hmm. um give me something give me something and then all of a sudden i see a cave and i'm like oh well maybe that's my answer <laughs> and so i'm like well let me just go check out the cave mm -hmm. 
you know, you know, if there's a flat spot, you know, for me to lay down on, you know, then maybe that's my answer. Um, if there's not, then I'll keep going. So I go check it out. Most people, if they went in the cave, they would say there was not a flat spot, but I'm okay with, <laughs> I'll sleep on almost anything. <laughs> so it right. was flat enough for me. I went ahead and took it and it was like almost like I stood in the cave for maybe like five to 10 minutes, just like standing there thinking, okay, is this, is this where I need to stop? Because it's not even, I'm not done for the day. I could get more miles in. And I just start, stood there thinking, okay, is this my spot or is this not my spot? And then all of a sudden, like mm -hmm. the rain just came crashing down. It, the craziest storm I've ever experienced in my life. Thank goodness I was in a cave. Um, the entrance to the cave, this was really cool. Once the rain really started coming down, the entrance to the cave closed off and became a waterfall. Wow. So that was super cool. Um, so when I got thirsty, all I had to do was, you know, stick my water bottle out and collect it from the waterfall. A rat chewed up a lot of my gear oh, no. while I was sleeping. And a lot of people would ask me, you know, what did you do in the cave? You know, did you know, did you just eat a lot? Did you sleep a lot? I'm like, well, yes, I slept a lot, but I could not eat a lot because I had only packed enough food you know, to get me from point A to point B without, mm -hmm. like, I didn't, you know, factor in being stuck in a cave for 41 hours. And I had already, let's see here, two, two days before this, I was peeing what I thought was blood at the time. Mm -hmm. And then like Joe McConaughey and Josh Perry were telling me that was rhabdo because I wasn't having enough calories. So I'm in here thinking, crap, I don't have enough calories. Um, mm -hmm. but I have to make sure I, I preserve enough calories for when I do start moving. So I just like looked up my food and I was like, okay, I will have two pieces of food from this day and I'll eat two pieces of food from that day and I'll eat two pieces of food from that day, but that's all I can eat. So for 41 hours, I only had six items of food and then I just slept the rest of the time and I just drank a whole bunch of water. Mm -hmm. Once the storm finally passed... Um, and I started moving, the creeks were still insane. I can only imagine. Yeah, like the first, me I mean, first of all, the, the, the creeks were already raging from the massive snowmelt. From the snowpack, so then you add right? In all this. So this is like a double whammy. Yeah. And I'm sure the hurricane melted even more snow, thus compounding the flooding effect. Yeah, it was, sure. it was crazy. I get to the first medium-sized creek crossing, and I'm like, whoa, that's that's not passable. So I'm like going upstream. And it's getting worse. I go downstream. It's, and I'm like, there's nowhere to cross. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, well, I have to cross. And I'm not stopping. I'm not waiting. So, And I knew on this one, luckily, it wasn't very wide. It was kind of short. It was, it was mm -hmm. fairly narrow. And so I'm like, everything's going to get wet. That's inevitable in this one. I just have to get to the other side. So I actually took my bag and I threw it to the other side. Ah, okay. And then I was like, at least my gear will be dry. And then, you know, and then I tried to cross and it actually swept me downstream um, before I was able to grab onto something on the other side and get out. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, thank goodness my gear is dry. Let's just keep going. Then three additional creeks throughout the rest of the day swept me off my feet, got all my gear wet, everything soaking wet. The last one happened to be around like 6.30 p.m. So it was starting to get dark and cold because I was, you know, like 12,000 feet when that happened. Right. I just remember that like I was completely soaking wet. And I just remember thinking, thank goodness my puffy is synthetic. 
um, because it'll still keep me warm. And that was my saving grace. Like I will always have a synthetic puffy. Like I will never, Mm -hmm. never do a down puffy ever again. Um, Right. And I I just remember once I got out of the Sierra, I just thinking like, thank God I don't have to deal with water anymore. Um, I was so tired (laughs) of water. It was, it was exhausting. That's crazy. I mean, I've been in the Sierra during a high snow year. I've seen what those creeks look like. And I'm just, I can only imagine how horrendous they would be after like high snow and a hurricane. Like it's, it's incredible. You were able to, to ford those and get through there. It was wild. It was, yeah, man, just, I'm just getting chills just thinking about it right now. (laughs) Right. Mm. So you mentioned Rabdo and you know, I was reading through your your recap, and that was only one of the very long list of physical ailments you mentioned. Um, in addition to obviously your injuries leading up to this, but you also mentioned having a potentially gangrenous toe, uh, fingers so locked up you couldn't use them, um, issues with your ankles. Um, can you tell us about kind of the physical toll this hike took on you, and like what, if anything? you did out there like how did you try to treat you know the rhabdo or or whatever like were you able to do anything well backing up so like really i mean like the first half of the trail was going really well like i was averaging nearly 55 miles a day for like half the trail and i was feeling great so between syad valley and bernie falls that's so I, once I got to Syed Valley, I realized for me to, so the, I'm backing up a little bit before the physical ailments because the sleep deprivation kind of leads into it. But I realized once I got to Syed Valley, I was like, for me to be able to reach, get to Bernie Falls on Monday before they close, I have to average 57 miles a day. And my plan originally was to do 55 miles a day through Oregon. And then once I got to Northern California, I was going to slow down a little bit. But once I realized I couldn't do that, I was like, well, I have no option. I have to do 57 miles a day. So I tried to do 57 miles a day, but I actually ended up doing 56. And then the day before I got to Bernie, I was able to do 59. So it averaged out to the 57. Um, And so I made it to Bernie Falls, but I was so sleep deprived. I was so tired um, after Bernie that, you know, and I was hoping that I was just going to be tired. But it was so I'm absolutely exhausted. And then all of a sudden I start getting dizzy spells, like tingly and floaty. And so I'm like, okay, well, I have to start taking some trail naps. And then my toe, which I mean, I had multiple blisters, like worst blisters I've ever had in my life. But the one specific blister that was the worst was on my right pinky toe. I've been dealing with it since early Oregon. And I remember looking at it at one point around Lake Tahoe, thinking, that's not good. <laughs> like this is, this might be a problem yeah. that doesn't look like normal skin. That looks like it's rotting. Um, yeah. I mean, and I, I mean, I was, I was, I was putting on so much polysporin um, tape, you know, I would, you know, let it air out at night and then polysporin the crap out of it and Luco tape it in the morning and just hope that it was still there at the end of the day. Um, and yeah. I remember thinking I'm about to be going into the high Sierra where there's no exit points um what if it gets worse right <laughs> when i can't get out of the sierra um but i'm i'm already over halfway and i'm way ahead of pace like I, at this point you know averaging 55 miles a day i was on schedule to break sub 50 days mm-hmm. 
So I'm like, I'm not stopping. And then, and then I remember uh, taking a pee and I'm like, uh, that's blood. <laughs> mm-hmm. Thinking it was blood. I'm like, oh crap. Now I'm dealing with this nearly gangrene toe and I'm pissing blood. Um, and at this point I wasn't really freaking out. It was like, okay, how do we solve this problem? And I still had cell service luckily. And so I just start, I like, I called Jeff Garmeyer and I'm like, I'm peeing blood. What do I do? <laughs> um, and, <laughs> Drink water. And uh, he's like, <laughs> yeah. So he was like, oh, I have not experienced that. Um, but you, you drink water, um, electrolytes, calories. Um, and so then I messaged Josh Perry because I remember he said that he peed blood when he was on the PCT. I remember, you know, you had peed blood um, on the mm-hmm. AT. Uh, I remember reading that in your book. Yep. And so I'm like, okay, well, other people have dealt with this. It's not that bad. Like, I'm going to be fine. <laughs> I um, don't know that it's ju- not that bad. <laughs> the fact that we all dealt with it. <laughs> <We're> just, <laughs> I don't know if that lessens uh, the severity. <laughs> but I, I like that logic, though. I like that logic. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, and then Joe McConaughey messages me and says, hey, I heard you got rhabdo. And I'm like, who told you that? I'm like, I don't know if I have rhabdo. All I know is I'm peeing blood. Um, and, uh, and so Joe's like, okay, so you're not actually peeing blood. It's most likely, you know, rhabdo and your body is, you know, you know, turning, you know, the proteins in your own muscles, um, into energy and it's just passing through your kidneys and it looks like blood in your pee. And I'm like, okay, well, how do I fix this? And he's like, you have to eat more calories. You have to drink more and you have to have more electrolytes. And I'm like, so just consume more of everything. Yep. Um, which I had just entered the Sierra and there's nowhere to resupply and get more food. Right. Like, great. How do I get more calories? I can drink more water, but I can't do any more thing about the others. Um, and Mm -hmm. so through the end of the trail, if I came across anybody other than a through hiker, I wasn't going to take food from a through hiker. But if I saw anybody that looked like a day hiker or a car camper or anything, I was like, hey, I'm on the PCT. I'm starving. Do you have any food I can buy? Mm -hmm. Like, I have cash. Like, I will overpay you for for any food that you have Mm -hmm. at, like, Red's Meadow. I kid you not, I bought $60 worth of candy. (laughs) I believe it. Just to have more calories. Right. They didn't have real food in that store. All they they had was candy. It was, like... Five aisles of candy. It's all candy and chips. Yeah. So and beer. <laughs> yes, they had a lot of beer too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, at this point, I'm just you know I'm trying to do anything I can. So I I was able to up it to about eleven thousand calories a day. I had I had packed ten thousand a day. So I some days I was able to do twelve thousand. And so Joe McConaughey told me if the red urine doesn't go away in like one to two days, a medical professional would probably tell you to get off trail. I didn't want to stop, but I, I gave myself a limit. I was like, I'm not going to stop at Joe's limit, but like, you know, give myself a little bit more of a window. Right. And luckily it stopped on the third day. And then I get out of the Sierra. Oh, this is actually the day I lost my other trekking pole. The red urine came back. And I mean, I was so exhausted, so depleted at this point. Like I started peeing blood and I just started crying. Cause I'm like, I, I'm so, I'm, I'm only 600 miles from the end. I can't stop now. Like this cannot be happening. And so I told myself again, if I have red blood for more than three days, that's when I'll stop. But I'm not stopping until that point. 
Um, and luckily it stopped after, after I only had it for two days. And then on the third day, it was so hot that my hands started clenching up. I, I was struggling to you know buckle my, my straps on my backpack. I couldn't open my water bottle lids. And so I took a nap in the Big Mouth Pizza Shop in Agua Dulce. I took like an, a nearly two-hour nap on a bench inside there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, okay, I just – and it was so freaking hot. Like, why in the world did I decide to hike through the desert in August? Right. Stupid. <laughs> and then – so I'm like, okay, well, I just have to make it to the, to the KOA and the Acton KOA because, you know, I can get in there and then they'll have more cold drinks and I can take another break there. And so I just do all I can to get to that KOA. I actually tried to take a nap in their lobby and they wouldn't let me. <laughs> um, they were like, you can sit right. down, but you can't lay down. <laughs> um, and I, I, I think I probably had, I mean, I think I spent $50 just in liquid calories there, just drinking like juices and pops and anything like liquid calories. Like I was just, just trying to replenish myself. And then after I left there, um, I only made it like another hour before I decided to lay down and take another nap. So that was that was a really low mileage day because um, I I took like three hour plus long breaks. Um, let's see here. Um, I mean, on the topic of massive liquid calories, once I got to the Cajon Pass that Chevron and that McDonald's. Oh my gosh. That was, that was a great day. Um, (laughs) um, yeah, that was an awesome day. I remember waking up that morning and the first thing on my mind when I woke up was let's go get McDonald's, you know, and then I packed up my bag as fast as possible. I still had another 40 miles before I got there. Um, but I, I spent $49 on liquid calories at the gas station, got $12 worth of fruit from the fruit stand guy. And then I spent like nearly $20 at McDonald's. Um, so I was there for like an hour, which, so here's another thing about my resupplies. I was really good about being efficient with my resupplies in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like Steven's pass, I only spent 15 minutes resupplying, you know, and then Snoqualmie, 15 minute resupply. White pass, 15-minute resupply. And then by the time I'm like towards the end, my resupplies are all like an hour plus. Yeah. Just because, you know, I'm just – and the hour would go by so fast. I'm like, how was that an hour? I just got here. Right. Feels like the 15 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, my feet and my my forefeet and my toes are still numb. Wow. It's pretty pathetic to watch me walk. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty pretty funny. Well, you've – been off the trail for eight days 10 days uh it's, it's today wednesday today's wednesday it's it, today's a week yeah okay so today you've been off today's a full week so i mean you're allowed to not be walking right for at least two weeks <laughs> okay all right <laughs> after something like that you know yeah so hobble all you want <laughs> i do want to talk a little bit more about your sleep um but first let's since we're talking about food um can you talk a little bit more about, I mean, I'm amazed. Like I, I hear people like you and Joe talk about the amount of calories you eat, like 10,000 calories. Like I do not eat that much on an FK. I don't, I don't know talk, how you don't like, I, I mean, 
4,000 a day is like the max. I would die. You know, that I, I think 4,500 is the max I have ever eaten. Right. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe that's my superpower. Um, <laughs> but so like, it's really hard for me to conceptualize. Like the, I mean, you guys are probably both bigger than I am. Well, Joe, I know is you probably are too, but what are you eating? Like, how are you eating 10,000 calories a day? Like, what are you eating um, to get that much food in? I'm really curious. So I didn't start off with 10,000 a day. Okay. Um, cause I had, I had the PNT experience and Joe actually told me, cause Joe was coaching me before the PNT. Joe told me I needed 8,000 a day. Um, and I remembered at the beginning of the PNT, I couldn't eat 8,000 a day. Um, so I was, I ended up tossing a lot of food. Um, cause, and I could, it was hard to even start off with 5,000 a day, but I remembered at the end of the PNT, I was starving. Like my 8,000 was not enough. So I was like, okay, so I started off with 5,000. So on the PCT, the first five days I gave myself 5,000 a day. And then I bumped it up to 7,000 a day. By the time I hit Oregon, I was at eight to 9,000 a day. Halfway through Oregon, I was up to 10,000 a day. But yeah, at a certain point, the 10,000 was not enough. I mean, like I was just eating everything in sight. <laughs> So, mm-hmm. um, I had about 1800 calories a day worth of protein shakes that I had made myself, like a, just a okay. different concoction. It had like, you know, protein had, um, collagen powder in it. Like they were actually fairly healthy. Um, I had, uh, a 900 calorie oatmeal mix that had like hemp heart seeds in it, chia seeds, um, like blueberries, strawberries. That, that was an awesome breakfast item. Tons of granola. Uh, different bars like Nutrigrain bars, Nature Valley bars, um, a lot of candy. I mean, I would say probably about half, probably about 5,000 calories were actually healthy calories, mm-hmm. um, like actually solid healthy because I, I was trying to – after I had so many injuries, like with my ankles and tendons and ligaments, I was that's when I had a wake-up call. I was like, I need to eat healthier and fuel my right. body better. So, so a, a good half of it was actually like – really good food. And then after that, it was like, just how do you find more calories? And so I did have a bunch of candy. I had, you know, I had honey buns. I had, I mean, you name it and it was probably in there. Um, (laughs) Right. Yeah. I do the graduated strategy too. And I think that that's something, no matter whether you're doing FKT or, or a through hike of any sort, I think that's something that's really good to keep in mind because you're, you're going to get hungrier as you go. And so yeah, starting out and increasing it makes a lot of sense. And that's just what I packed. Like that's not even right. counting like the, town the food. extra food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, despite eating all of this, I saw your post recently on Instagram. You still lost, it looks like a lot of weight. Um, you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, I lost 23 pounds. I wow. currently weigh less than I did in high school. And that's even with all this. Do you know what you're like? um, body fat percentages were before and after. I don't. Yeah. I don't. That was like one of the things I actually did before and after my PCT. And it was crazy. I lost, I think I lost 9% of my body fat. It was like something crazy. Um, that's a lot. Yeah. Cause I lost like 25 pounds or something as well. And yeah, I weighed less than I did in like fifth grade. Like it was crazy. Um, (laughs) just goes to show like how much, uh, how much your body has in storage, even, you know, it's not like probably either one of us was overweight before we started our PCT hikes, 
but just even as like a lean adult, like your body has this immense storage to do incredible things. Yeah, the human body is fascinating. Like it's, yeah, it's capable of so much more than we can imagine. Yeah. So I want to go back a little bit because we were talking a little bit about your sleep deprivation earlier and, and your naps and things like that. Um, and I know you lost your headlamp. So I'm, I'm kind of curious. So how much of this was running versus hiking? How much were you doing in the dark without a headlamp? How much were you sleeping? Like, can you walk us through like what that aspect looked like? Uh, yeah, so that's, I feel like that's several different questions. So it is, sorry. you have to <laughs> remind me on if I forget to answer one of those. Um, yeah. So in the beginning, I was running a lot. Um, okay. Now, when I say running a lot, I mean, I was not running anything near what Carl was running. Um, so mm -hmm. I kind of had some rules like, okay, like if I just resupplied him a bag super heavy, I wasn't running. Um, if there were a lot of rocks, I wasn't running. If it was uphill, I wasn't running. <laughs> if it was, <laughs> right. um, if I was feeling bad, I wasn't running. If I was feeling sick, I wasn't <laughs> running. If I was hurting, I wasn't running. But if mm -hmm. conditions were perfect, um, and it was an easy right. cruisy downhill, I was running. Um, and I was, yeah. I was, I felt like I was running quite a bit. Like I probably ran, I probably ran 10 miles a day in the beginning. Okay. Um, which I mean, it's not a big percentage of the day, but, um, and then, so on the PNT, uh, like once I got into a good groove, um, like a few weeks in, I, I felt like I did pretty well with like waking up at 4am and going to sleep at 10pm. So mm -hmm. I kind of tried to follow that same strategy uh, on the PCT, um, like 4 a.m. To, to 10 p.m. Um, and of course, you know, the, the longer into the PCT I went, the less sunlight I had. Um, like I felt like at the, towards the end, I, I, I don't know if I had an hour or two hours less of sunlight, which I, part of me was kind of thankful. I was like, hey, when I get to the desert, there'll be a lot of dark. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Um, so I can avoid some of the sun. Did that answer all your questions? I feel like I missed one. Well, I know I was kind of curious with, um, so you talked about like how much you were trying to sleep. What, like, were you, I guess you had your headlamp back. So you weren't really hiking in the dark without your headlamp. I guess that was kind of my curious question when you said you, you I lost was. it for most of the trail. I was. Oh, okay. I was hiking in the and, headlamp. Yeah. How, how is um, that going? <laughs> Well, well, I had, well, I have a phone and my phone had a flashlight. Okay. So that, that helped. Okay. Not, not as good so as you, a, had, you a, did have a light source. I had a light. It's just yeah. easier with a headlamp when you're not having to hold it. For sure. Um, especially like, cause you're eating and you're trying to do other things and. Right. Yeah. And there were, there would be times where I would like, I would like hold my, I would do this. Like I would like bite my phone and like try to like hold it in my mouth for a light so I could do other things. Right. That, that didn't work so well all the time, but it works sometimes. Right. <laughs> you got to be creative. Yeah. I mean, I like to go as long as I can without turning on my headlamp, but I can't imagine night hiking without, uh, without it. I, I feel like I already slow down a lot when it gets dark. Um, yeah. And I, and I, and it, I got lucky because the moon, like I, I happened to lose it like right when there was a full moon and it was like a really, really okay. bright full moon. So nature was on my side. That's it's always good when nature is on your side. So, I mean, all of these things, obviously like 
there were a lot of challenges out there. And I'm curious if you ever had a time when you quit, like mentally, you're like, I'm done, this, this isn't happening. Um, and then like, and if so, like how you rallied to keep going. I never quit. I never wanted to quit. But there were many times where I was ready to be done. I feel like I'm admitting that I'm a crybaby on this podcast, but like I, I remember just times I was just crying and just be like, I'm so ready to be done. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, I was real ready to be done multiple different times. I think I cried almost every day on the PCT. I mean, when you're pushing yourself at that level, like <laughs> you got to let that emotion out somehow. All right. At least I'm not alone. No. Crybabies <laughs> unite. Um, <laughs> So I would love to hear, like, because we've talked a lot about, you know, things that went wrong and the challenges, but I would love to hear, like, maybe, like, your highest highs. Like, what were, like, some of the most beautiful, you know, experiences you had out there, your biggest takeaways, you know, things that you're going to cherish about this experience? Oh, man, there's so many. Um, There's no way I'm going to remember them all. Um, Just a few. So I had some really cool experiences with some animals. There was a fawn, a baby fawn followed me on the trail. Like I was its mom for a while. Oh, wow. That was kind of cool. Wow. Um, in fact, I was like, you need to stop following me. You need to go find your real mom because <laughs> I'm not going to protect you. Uh, right. I had several different bear encounters that were really cool. Probably the biggest high for me was probably when I passed 1,248 miles. Um because that's how long the PNT was. And I passed, you know, it took me 27 and a half days to do the PNT. And I don't, I'm going to, I don't remember the exact day. I think it was day 23 on the PCT that I passed 1248 miles. So I like, I had surpassed the PNT mileage and surpassed the PNT pace. And I was feeling great. Like I didn't have any tendon issues. I wasn't having any ankle issues. Like the only issue I had was I was really tired. And so at that point, I was like, all right, like, we got this. Like, because I was really nervous going into it. I thought I was going to have major ankle issues just because of all the ankle issues Mm -hmm. I've had, you know, leading up to this. Like, I was really nervous and expecting bad ankle issues. And I was just like, it's just going to be a pain cave. Like, once I have start having the ankle issues, it's just going to be a matter of can I handle this? And, you know, how do I push through it? Um, so once I hit, once I passed 1248 miles and I wasn't having any tendon issues, I was like, all right, this is fun. Like we got this, you know? Yeah. And then it was a week later that everything hit the fan. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know, like I would say the, the haughty spirit comes before the fall. Like that definitely happened. And it, it was different. Like I had different struggles on the PCT versus the PNT. Mm-hmm. I felt like the the PNT was more like physical hurting and the PCT mm-hmm. was more exhaustion and depletion and whatever category you want to put rhabdo in. Like, I don't know, like I felt like my body was falling apart at some point. Um, I don't know if that's the right way to describe it, but beyond tired, I don't know what's, what's the next level past tired. Mm-hmm. Ah, but it was fun. It was a lot of fun. I appreciate you coming on here so much and telling us about your experience. It sounds like quite the journey and I'm just um, so blown away by what you did out there and really grateful for you to take the time to share with us today. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. It's great, great chatting with you, Heather.
Thanks again, Nick, for coming on the show. You can read about his FKTs on the website, fastestknowntime.com and follow his adventures on Instagram at nick.fowler.says.hi. Thanks again to Merrill Test Lab for supporting the show. Be sure to check out their new Skyfire 2 shoe at merrill.com. <laughs>